0: If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word 7HABITS. That's the number 7HABITS to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Brian Larson. He's an experienced business founder and executive with more than 15 years in leadership. He invented the Restore Pet line of pet products and launched the brand globally, growing sales by over 500% in 2018 and then, and then again in 2019 alone. So
1: welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah,
0: thank you. It's really interesting. So you you have a, a really interesting backstory. Before we hit record, you, know, you were telling me a little bit about that. And we could probably have an entire hour long or more episode about some of the things, how you got into this business and your partnership and some interesting things that have, you know, your journey. Unfortunately, we don't have a ton of time. But today, just to tease everybody, we're going to talk about the importance of iteration and optimization and, and how much those have an impact on growth and how Brian and his team have really adopted that philosophy and that has had a huge impact on their growth. But before we kind of peel back that onion and dive in there, give us a short version of the backstory and then we'll get going.
1: Yeah. Well, I think iteration and, and optimization probably applies here as well. I am something of an accidental entrepreneur. I think it's always been in my blood, but I started, I'm a first-generation college graduate, actually dropped out of college twice before successfully getting my first degree, a Bachelor of Science, and just completed my fifth degree now, an MBA this past week. But I just really have always had a passion for wanting to do something that was going to make a difference. And for a long time, that was human healthcare. I eventually became a nurse and eventually became a director of nursing, but always had this love of pets and I, the short version here is that I had this Siberian Husky named Bandit that was just the love of my life. I was a teenager and she went everywhere with me. And she got arthritis at a pretty young age and then eventually bone cancer. And as I watched her decline, the only thing that they could really do for her was to give her these opiate pain medications, just like they do for people. And I had asked if there was anything on the preventive side or just really quality of life improving stuff that we could do for her. And the answer really was no. And so that wasn't an acceptable answer to me. And pretty shortly thereafter, her bone cancer, we realized that her quality of life had declined and that we ultimately had to put her down. Like the, the quality of life just wasn't there. So that started me on this journey and took you know a long time to really get to a place where I had a product that I was really proud of, almost 10 years, in fact, of research, to the point that I had set up a lab in my house. And, you know, just really had, from beginning to end, like this took over my life. So I was working full time. And then every evening, I would come home and I was doing this research. And and that's, I guess, that's kind of where, not to be cheesy, but that's where the sort of iteration had started, is I was researching antioxidants. I was at the University of Maryland and looking at, products that were going to improve quality of life at the cellular level. And so, I won't bore you with the, the science of developing Restore-A-Pet, but over that period of time, it was really just iteration after iteration of looking at something, how can I improve upon this, how can I improve upon this again and again and again, until fast forward to 2013, I had a formulation that I knew, you know, based on the data, was something that I was really confident with. And we set out to do this first field study of the product with 200 dogs and cats, mostly dogs, and found that the results were really, really impressive. That these pets that had arthritis or energy issues or skin and coat issues had this noticeable improvement. And there's no you know, there's no placebo effect in a dog, right? Like that dog is objectively doing better. That dog that's living around is running for the first time in a year. That's something that you can really see and, and you can't deny it. So had this product that we knew worked. And I partnered with my old boss and this guy named Kenny Cram, who was the founder of FlavorX, which was the largest medication flavoring company in the world. And we just bootstrapped and we started this kind of Just at ground zero, you know, square zero, just really, how are we going to build this from the ground up? And that's exactly what we did. We started with building our own website on WordPress and WooCommerce and acquiring customers totally organically. Kenny always had this really personal approach to customer service, really get to know your customer at the most, you know, foundational level. What motivates them? What matters to them? Always make your customer feel like they mattered. And so we had the luxury of time, you know, with such a small customer base at that point to be able to do that. And so we grew this just bit by bit organically and and encouragingly while I was still working full time and helping to fund the company. And that kind of was working until 2016. My wife and I got married. The last time that I saw Kenny, he attended the wedding and then ended up getting a septic infection and passed away literally like. A week after our wedding, so this just totally crazy situation where he passed away and I was left as, as the sole founder, picked up the pieces and continued on and just grew this very slowly, quit my day job. So really put everything on the line to do Restore a Pet in early 2018, started business school at the University of Virginia and continued to bootstrap and then found some incredible investors that put a substantial amount of money in the business. And then our growth was just explosive. So we were already growing really encouragingly prior to that investment, but that kind of put us into the stratosphere in terms of what we could do as a small business.
0: Yeah. Thank you for putting it in context. And that was kind of the short version of it. So I appreciate that. So you've been full-time since 2018 Mm -hmm. and you raised a little bit of money. So you raised some capital. I mean, how much capital did you raise?
1: Yeah. A little over $2 million initially.
0: Okay. So still a fairly small amount of capital in the big scheme of things, but as a as an early round, I mean, that's very interesting. Do you have plans to raise additional rounds or are you really more focused on- Yeah, we on- have a really
1: interesting structure. So basically we are guaranteed additional capital based on performance targets that we've hit consistently since that investment but we have no debt. We have no plans to take on any debt. I've got very, very well capitalized investors. So well-heeled people that are you know, really just looking for the signs and signals that this business is going in the right direction and capital is not an issue for us, which has been great.
0: Perfect. All right. So in the last couple of years, you've, met, you've seen a lot of growth. So can you give us a sense of size or scale to the audience to give them an idea or some sort of framework on, on how much progress you've been able to make since going
1: full-time? Yeah, I mean, we went from you know two and a half years ago, seventy-five thousand dollars in sales to about four hundred grand in sales to two million dollars in sales in 2019, and we're on target to do ten million in 2020, ten to eleven million dollars. So you know, pretty aggressive growth for a company that two and a half years ago was operating out of the top floor of my house.
0: Yeah, and it's a subscription model, right? So I mean, it's a it little is. bit unique when you think about a pet product in that realm. That it is a subscription product so that obviously does help assuming that you're can retain the, the customers right that which is obviously one of the biggest parts challenges of a subscription Absolutely. model hey there sorry to interrupt this episode in progress but i have something really cool to share with you and i promise to keep it brief i've decided to give away a hundred dollars this week to one of my growth experts listeners yep that could be you here's all you have to do in order to qualify for the giveaway take a screenshot of your phone or any device for that matter showing that you're subscribed to my Growth Experts podcast, and then text it to 716-218-8981. Again, that's 716-218-8981. This will get you entered into the contest and a chance to win the $100 just for listening. Number two, for more entries to win, for more chances to win, simply share any episode of my Growth Experts podcast on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or even Twitter. But you have to tag me at Ask Dennis Brown in order for it to count as another entry. The more shares, the more entries. Okay, guys, that's it. For full details on this contest, go to askdennisbrown.com forward slash contest. Now let's get back to the show. Absolutely. All right, so we can talk a little bit more about that, but you got a lot to unpack talking about this whole process of iteration and optimization. And you already front loaded it a little bit about how you iterated the the actual product itself. So why don't you carry that on and kind of share you know, how you were able to do that and maybe where some of the obstacles were for you in an effort to try to help the audience learn in advance. Because again, I think they're going to experience the same sort of thing if they're ever going to develop, whether it be a product or a physical product, a service, whatever the case may be sure. as an entrepreneur, I think they're going to run into this and find value. So unpack that for us if you would.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it comes down to four things, ultimately. It starts with, for us, it started with understanding our customer. I mean, it, it really was about, I realized that I've had this situation. I assume that this is something that's not unique to me, this heartbreak of seeing a pet ale and, and an ailing pet, you know, they are, pets are children that age faster than we do, right? Six, seven times faster than we do. So I knew that that was probably something that people had in common. But what did that mean to my customer? What demographic did that fit? And that's something that six and a half years later, we're still honing to this day. And I think it's important to always learn. But that was kind of priority number one. What was my customer's persona? And though that has evolved over time, and as we've introduced additional products, for us, you know, we really wanted to get a feel from day one of who we were appealing to because we knew whether it was organic or paid ads, we needed a voice. As a company, we needed a voice that was going to appeal to our target demographic. And when you're doing this organically, you really better be appealing to and speaking in the voice of the customer that matters to you. So this is cheesy and this is totally like an internal thing, but we initially called it Restore A Ronda. We knew that the primary customer base that we were appealing to was going to be female, that was going to be the the person that was buying the products for the household. We knew that, you know, she was probably going to be 35 to 54, you know, all of these kinds of things. So we figured out some of these kind of core demographics of our customer. When we didn't have the money really to spend on ads, we tried to speak to the customer from that voice and really kind of understand in speaking to people that fit that demographic, how we could talk to a customer in a way that was going to appeal to her. And you know, I say that as generically as I can. As we got to paid ads, understanding that customer kind of helped us to build audiences. You know, you actually are having to select, you don't want to, even though 70% of households own pets, and that's great from a marketing standpoint, you want to be able to hone in on specific audiences at a very technical level that are going to be more likely to purchase your offer. And you want to do that in a manner that the, you know, the CPM, the CPA, the cost to acquire a customer is obviously going to be as low as possible and have the highest LTV. You want a customer that you can acquire cheap, that's going to stay on long-term. I can get sales all day for my company for 10, 20, 30, $40 cost per acquisition that are people that may drop off right away because they're just bargain hunters. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But those kinds of customers are not valuable to me. A customer that really understands my next point, which is the value proposition, which we've had to iterate on and you know really kind of work on over time, that customer is gonna be tremendously, tremendously valuable. So for us, the value proposition as a quality for the brand was really kind of getting down to three pieces. We knew that this product first and foremost was going to go head to head against joint supplements, right? There's Cosaquin, there's a lot of these products that millions of people use that are owned by companies like Bayer, you know, huge companies that we were effectively going head to head against. So joint supplements, glucosamine, chondroitin, these kinds of things that a lot of people have probably heard of, our value proposition was, yeah, we do that, but we also do skin and coat health. We also do energy because we're a product that's going down to the cellular level and getting into the cell We're not just lubricating the joint, we're affecting the whole body. So we were this, yes, we're a joint, you know, joint health supplement. Yes, we're something that targets some of the aging type symptoms of older dogs, but we're also maintaining wellness in younger pets. And so our value proposition was that we are like, we're your partner for health along the lifespan. I mean, that's kind of what we were trying to be as a brand. And it's hard. I mean, we had to learn over time that it's difficult when you are trying to be everything to everyone. And I think that kind of gets me to my third point, which was, how do we iterate and optimize our creative? And our creatives, both organically, when we were just had this organic social media presence, as well as our creatives in terms of our paid ads, we started out with the low-hanging fruit, which was, let's show before and after videos of actual pets that have used the product. Like for us, there was real value in I'm just going to win you over by overwhelming you with the evidence. Here's a before video, here's an after video. But that really is like, for lack of a better term, that's sort of the crack cocaine of the advertising world. When you can show- Facebook let you
0: do that? Because they don't let you do that with a lot of, with humans. You had to
1: be careful about how like you made claims about it. But yes, they totally let us do that. They totally let us do that. And they let competitors do that too which is part of the problem is like we're going head to head against people that are also showing before and afters. We never any BS in what we did. We literally would, hey, you know, take a before video and send it to us and try the product. We want you to see for yourself. So we were always encouraging customers to build the creatives for us. But there is something to be said for, you know, that before and after and how challenging it can be because that totally ignores the other two pieces of our value proposition, which was that we were also helping with skin and coat. We were also helping with energy. We were also helping with, you know, ocular health. But those things aren't as sexy as your dog's running for the first time in two years. But we found that those customers also were prone to, oh, I gave it for a month, my dog must be cured, and now I'm going to stop taking it. So that's where like, you know, iterating for us there became we've got to start explaining to the customer from beginning to end why this is a long-term supplement. We need people to understand that Restorepet is not a quick fix. And it's not. It's, you will see results within 30 days, but you've got to give this product long-term. And so I think for business owners out there that are thinking about anything, I mean, whether that's a beauty product or whether that is a service that you're trying to sell somebody, you know, manage services for IT, whatever it is, Like don't, you want to get them drunk on your product. You want to have them believe in it early on. But how do you do that in a way where the glow of what you're doing doesn't fade really quickly over time? And for us, that was retargeting the customer and explaining to them, hey, there are all these other benefits as well. And you need to understand that this is something to try long term. So
0: you would continue to, so let's say you acquire a customer. based on that creative that you just talked about, the before and after, you know, the dog with no energy, the dog with energy a couple months later, right? So you acquire a customer, whatever the cost is to acquire that customer. You continue to retarget to those customers as a way to continue to sell the value to prevent... The breakage, right, which is them breaking off from their subscription, right? Because absolutely co- to get them back on that subscription is very costly, right? I mean, it's not as costly, absolutely. it's not as expensive of acquiring it the first time, but it still can be very costly. And if you and if you had that off at the past, that's really interesting. That's the first time I've I've really heard that type of a strategy again. For and we don't have a lot of subscription business on here, you know, but sure. but there are. Education though,
1: re-educating a customer about your value proposition and why they need to believe in you is very valuable and it's cheap to do. Once you've acquired them, that's cheap to retarget them, you know? Yeah. So it's it's not not a purchase
0: intent type of ad. It's just an educational ad where they can either watch it in the format of the ad, or they can go beyond that and maybe get some additional information about the long-term value. So, I mean-
1: And we pepper that with like, hey, you believe in this, go tell your friends. So there's another like there's a way to sort of put an organic spin on a paid ad there on a retargeting ad that's saying, hey, you believe in this now because you've been a subscriber for three months. Go tell your friends or like give them an incentive. So, yeah, no, totally. We try to stay. In the customer's mind, because we also, for us as a subscription product, we know that we want them to give it every day. I don't want you to forget that Restore Pet exists. I don't want it to sit on the shelf. I don't want you to accumulate four bottles. I want you to give it every single day and not run out and not, you know, build a collection of this product.
0: No, I love that. That's perfect. All right. So listen, anything else you specifically want to add to the whole concept of iteration and optimization? There was another part that I think you mentioned in the pre-interview, which was, you know. When you start getting down into the weeds a little bit, we've been talking yeah. a little bit higher level yeah. from understanding your customer and kind of developing that persona. And then yeah. we're getting a little bit more granular with maybe some ad creatives and some targeting strategies. You mentioned something in regards to your, like some A-B testing you did with yes. e-commerce. Tell us a little bit about that. Take Break that down totally. in a couple of minutes.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, here's the deal. I think that literally everything can be A-B tested. Everything can be split tested. And for us, that meant going as far as building two websites, one on the WooCommerce, the WordPress platform, one on the Shopify platform. And a lot of businesses these days, B2B, B2C are using Shopify as their backbone. I decided that it wasn't good enough to just assume. And I I think that we've done that across, you know, from understanding our customer persona and our value proposition all the way down to building this website. I didn't want to just assume best practice. I wanted to see data that proved that that was the best practice. So we paid thousands of dollars to build a Shopify site, and then we literally served 50% of the traffic. Same basic design of the site, but you know there were limitations to shopify in terms of the checkout process it had to be like a three page checkout there are things that i can do things that i can't do it was a little bit faster than my woocommerce site which is you know heavier with plugins and different things but the bottom line is i literally went to the level of detail of building two sites and was able to prove out in our case that the woocommerce site was better i had more control i had a quicker checkout process and then from there, we started split testing like upsells. So we wanted to maximize revenue by a customer and we have other products. So we would be selling this original product. I've got this you know, bottle of original restore pet Like this is one of our products. And then we would, once you bought that product, we'd give you an upsell. For us, this was a hemp-based product. And you would get that on the checkout page. And we would design multiple pages. or We would design a one-click checkout you know, upsell versus a, a different one. So, I think at a high level, the bottom line is that whether it's a plug in or whether it's your own internal process, everything can be A B tested. And that for me has been like, you know, our religion is here. We split test everything and we prove out what's going to be the best thing. And then we iterate from that. Like, if we found out, okay, WooCommerce is the better site, that's what we went with. Then we found out that selling them just one additional bottle rather than three months worth was going to be, it, that one actually led to a higher a higher like value per customer, but they ended up having a higher churn rate. So the LTV wasn't as high, got more money up front, but you know, but we were able to really prove out and follow that data longitudinally over a period of time to say what is truly going to be best for this business from beginning to end. And for us, that ultimately relies on what's the LTV of the customer that I'm acquiring. There might be very attractive offers where I can acquire a customer for half the price of another one but if they churn right away and they're not going to stay on, then they're not worth it to me.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, listen, anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? I got a couple more questions I want to ask you rapid fire. I really appreciate it. I know, again, we could probably sit here for another hour talking about <laughs> this iteration and optimization process, but anything else you want to add really quick, we'll do a couple rapid fire and we'll wrap up. I'll just
1: say, I mean, this this is my motto as a, as a business person. And I think it's worked for me is this is maybe off topic, but like, I live my life as a business person as there is no day like today to take action and do something. so for anybody that's out there that's listening, that wants to start their business, wants to grow their business, like the time is now, and I think now more than ever the time is now. So I just encourage people if you've got something in your mind and you want to do it, go do it, and I tell everybody I know that because that's how I live every aspect of my life. Love it.
0: What would be one you know growth tool, software, SaaS product app, something that you use that you guys lean on heavily? to help you grow Restorapet?
1: Yeah, we've made hundreds of thousands of dollars in upsells using an app, a software called WooFunnels. WooFunnels, all one word. That's just been tremendous for us. It gives you all the tools to like custom design, checkout processes, and you can do, conduct experiments like these split tests really easily. So I, I highly recommend WooFunnels.
0: Love it. And what would be one book that you would recommend? Something that maybe helped you along on your journey or you think might help totally. the audience on theirs?
1: Well, this is, this goes to what I just said about, you know, like now's the time. It's called The Power of Now. Totally changed my life. It's not like a religious or spiritual book. It's literally just meant to say, all you've got is this moment. Because the past literally two seconds ago in this interview might as well be as ancient as, you know, ancient Egypt. And the future doesn't matter. Like the past makes you depressed. The future makes you anxious. Go do something right now.
0: Love it. That's great advice. Really appreciate it. Let everybody know how, how they can connect with you, learn more about RestorePet, and then we're going to wrap it up for today.
1: Yeah. So, RestorePet.com. Um, we've got a page, RestorePet.com slash growth experts that has a special offer if people want to check it out. I'm sure a lot of your you know, your listeners and viewers have pets. So, we've got an offer for our combination pack, $130 value for $49.95.
0: Wow. Definitely, I'm definitely going to check that out. I have two dogs definitely want to check that out. I highly recommend you, everybody else listening and tuning in, check that out for sure. Brian, I really appreciate it. Congrats on all your success. Love what you're doing. Maybe we'll check back in here in a year or two, see how growth is going. You're growing 5X every year. So we'll see how far you can push that rock. And uh, again, appreciate you being here and we'll talk again soon.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure.
0: Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast then do me a huge favor, click the subscribe button now, and please leave me a review, it would mean a lot to me.